0: Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and let us now prepare our hearts for the worship of God as we wait on the choir as they lead us in the introit.
1: Good morning. My name's Mark Mayette. I have the honor of serving on the session here at First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta. Please join me for the call to worship which is adopted from Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them, full of honor and majesty in his work, and God's righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Friends, let us worship God.
2: Turn in your pew Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25, and 35 through 39, which can be found on page 211 in the New Testament. Listen for God's word. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do not, therefore, abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward. For you need endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back but we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Dear Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The book of Hebrews reads like a good long sermon. And it is focused on reinvigorating and centering a congregation that has grown tired and weary. They're weary of worship, of gathering together. The preacher, the writer of Hebrews, brings a strong word of encouragement to the faith community by grounding his letter in the deep understanding of who Jesus is and the promises that we know in the faithfulness of God. And so as I was reading and rereading these verses this past week, I kept thinking about this rally cry that is happening in the midst of a great sporting competition. So you picture when the team seems to be growing weary and maybe falling apart. And you're in the middle of this intense game. My family loves basketball. So I was picturing an intense basketball game and watching my team. The team is tired. They're losing the team cohesion, and they're playing with injuries. Will they lose their perspective? Can they hold it together? Will they remember who they are? Have you played in a game, or can you recall watching a sporting game, competition, where you could see it all unfolding like this. You say, what's happening to our team? Can we hold it together? Can we hold fast? So I'm thinking of this intense basketball game and the context of what our Hebrews writer was writing to the community. I remembered this poster that we have had on our refrigerator since early November It's the poster for our older son's basketball team. And it is very clear. The poster says, team basketball, who we are, what we do. And then there's three things listed. Number one, defensive identity. Number two, enjoy the moment, dash, always compete. And number three, team first, unselfish. Sometimes it's the coach in the middle of this intense competition. Sometimes it's a player on the team. Someone steps up and reminds the team of who they are, renews their confidence and focus and commitment to follow the game plan. The preacher in Hebrews sees that the team is tired. They're losing the team cohesion. They're playing with injuries, and the writer like a good leader on a basketball team, is trying to bring them back to center, trying to remind them and rebuild their confidence and endurance. In our text this morning, there are two priorities, two commitments that I wanna elevate for us, not just for us as individual Christians, but also as a community of faith. When we are weary, When we are injured and struggling, what should we do? The first priority is this, from Hebrews chapter 10, hold fast to the confession of our hope. What is the confession of our hope? The confession of our hope is Jesus Christ, and by his life, death, and resurrection, we are saved. Because of God's faithfulness, we are confident in our hope, we are beloved children of God, and nothing can separate us from God's love. And yet, does holding fast to our confession of hope somehow eliminate all of our doubts, fears, and struggles? To use the basketball illustration again, when the team remembers who they are and goes back onto the court, Does the actual game get easier? Or the intensity drop down and everything falls into place? Holding fast to the confession of our hope does not mean that life becomes easy, that all goes well, and as we have planned it. Think about your own story, your own life so far. I think about the stories that I feel honored to learn in the people that I walk with. And I think about my own life and how, you, how we integrate holding fast to the confession of our hope with the reality of our lives. Some of you may be able to recall a day where you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For me, I don't have a day that I look back on. I don't remember a day either though where I didn't feel loved by God or when I wasn't trying to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I grew up in a loving and Christ centered family, and I've tried to hold fast to the confession of our hope, to hold on to, to follow, to serve Jesus in every day of my life. And my family, like each of yours, has plenty of issues. I have plenty of struggles, like each of you. And I was also thinking about how when we enter into close relationships with others, our family issues just simply multiply. By our own mistakes, by mistakes made by others, simply by living in a broken world, all families, each one of us, individually and collectively, carries pain and brokenness and suffering. Holding fast to the confession of our hope does not mean that suffering and weariness and struggles in our lives will be no more. I began to really live into this truth, trying to authentically live out my faith with confidence and endurance, while also being real to what my struggles were and to how my own story was unfolding about a dozen years ago when I was 30 years old. When I was 30, I started to begin to process sexual abuse that had happened in my life when I was nine. And I held, in the the beginnings of um, this good work as well, I held fast to the confession of our hope. But in a new way, I started to figure out what it meant to affirm in one breath that God loves me, God is with me, and God is all-powerful and all-good, and then to affirm in the next breath that God did not protect me when I needed to be protected. I understand more fully now that I choose to hold fast to the confession of our hope, not because it takes the pain away, although much healing has happened in my life, and not because it somehow changes or fixes past history, because that doesn't happen, but I hold fast to the confession of our hope. I continue to seek to draw near to God, as the text reminds us this morning, because God is faithful. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. How is God faithful? God incarnate. Jesus the Christ has come and by the power of the Holy Spirit continues to enter in to the struggle and the suffering, the questions, the weariness, and the pain that each of us deals with in our lives. We hold fast to the confession of our hope. We hold fast to Jesus because in him we receive mercy and grace to help in our times of need. As it was for the people receiving the letter to Hebrews, so it is for us today. Life is hard. Life can be weary and painful, but we hold fast to the confession of our hope, who is Jesus Christ, because Christ knows us and loves us and is at work and moving right now in our very midst, bringing healing and wholeness of all kinds. So our first priority is this, this morning from Hebrews chapter 10, hold fast to the confession of our hope. And our second priority is this, hold fast to the habit of meeting together. Everybody did a good job of that this morning. You made it here. Meeting together. Some of the Christians in the Hebrew community had given up on being with each other. They'd given up on gathering together in a regular way. Here again, verses 24 and 25, Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So why should Christians not give up on gathering for worship and times of community. The writer is essentially saying, you cannot provoke one another to love and good deeds if you don't meet together. When we come together in humility, in an openness before God in worship, we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ, love and good deeds emerge. From my own story of continued healing, the two most precious sources of my healing have been in the experience of worship and in the relationships that I have invested in. Back in 2006, first with a psychiatrist and a therapist, in my relationship with my husband, family and friends, small groups, and Bible studies. Through worship, And through community, I have experienced healing and hope and joy. Each of us have our own stories and our own invitations to respond in ways like these. I had fun through my own little window of looking back just in this past week of the ways that our community of faith at First Presbyterian have gathered together in this past week. I thought of Pam and Kristen who gathered yesterday to arrange our sanctuary flowers, highlighted by the pink rose motif. They will then be broken down into smaller arrangements and delivered to hospital rooms and to living rooms as an extension of our worship, a reminder of the love of Christ and our congregation. I think of the 70-plus women who gathered together yesterday here for our women's retreat. To be steeped in beauty, that was our theme, the beauty of God and the beauty of each woman gathered. I think of our pastors and staff and volunteers who brought compassion, mercy, and hospitality on Friday for the funeral of Francis Franklin. She was a member of First Presbyterian Church for over 70 years. And I think about our pastors and staff and volunteers who brought compassion, mercy, and hospitality on Thursday for the funeral of Emily Ferguson, who died of cancer, leaving behind a husband and three school-age children. I think of our time together on Wednesday mornings at 11.30 in the chapel where a small group of us gathers and reads a scripture and prays silently and together. I think about our new class of Stephen ministers that began began training this past Monday so that they may provide Christian caregiving to those in need. I think of the volunteers who come to the early Sunday morning prayer breakfast. This morning we had a great group of fourth and fifth graders from our own church to serve and befriend our vulnerable neighbors and all of the ways that our community ministry teams serve and partner with those who need help. These ministries, this good, this love, does not happen unless we come together. And our most important coming together is in worship. As the Hebrews writer reminds us this morning, when we gather together for worship, in simple and in mysterious and grand ways, the Holy Spirit is at work in our midst, both within our own hearts and minds and collectively as this local body of Christ. God meets us here together and reminds us who we are, and what we do. The preacher in Hebrew sees that the congregation is tired, losing team cohesion, and playing with injuries, and he writes from our closing verses, do not therefore abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward. We are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. Consider where you have been shrinking back. Where have you felt lost in your life? We gather together in worship this morning and sit under the word of God from Hebrews chapter 10, and we remember who we are and what we do. We are a community of faith, a team, that is centered and anchored in the saving life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And by the grace and mercy of the Holy Spirit, we gather together to provoke one another in love and good deeds. So hold fast to the confession of our hope. Hold fast to the habit of meeting together. Amen. So I grew up in the household of a Presbyterian pastor, and there were times where I would hear my parents on Sunday mornings praying for all who would gather for worship around the world. But. In the past three years, when Tony and I moved here to Atlanta, this church, the First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, has been prayed for in specific and deep and regular ways. And I'm very grateful to have my parents here with us this morning. I asked my dad if he would bring us the benediction. Karen and I are so happy to be here in our second home in Atlanta. And uh, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Katie. For those of us who are weary, who are broken, who are sick, this word is for us, such a good word, to hold fast to Jesus Christ and to be held by those in a congregation like this. What an amazing gift we receive. Would you receive the benediction, please? And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and grant you his peace now and forevermore, amen.